Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. You got a copy of the Word. Open it up to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. I may read two verses today, but I'm only going to look at one. I'm going to read probably 431, and then we'll read chapter 5, verse 1 of the book of Galatians. It's great to remember those men and women, and even those men and women that stand in harm's way today, so that we can be right here. As we look a little further back in time, we think about freedom today. It's right that we remember one who left the portals of glory and came into this earth, lived a perfect life on our behalf. He laid down his life so that you and I might be really free. Not just free in a cognitive sense, but free in an experiential sense. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So we look at this passage today and, and read it together. Read it with him in mind and the, and the price that, that he paid so that we might be truly free. Galatians 4.31 reads this way. Here's a conclusion uh, to this chapter's argument. He says, So then, brethren... We are not children of the bondwoman, but we are of the free, or we are children of the free. Chapter 5, verse 1 makes a statement based on the argument in chapter 4. He says, then stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty or in the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I remember often my, my dear granddad, my daddy's daddy, uh, as fine a man as, as you will ever know on this planet. I remember a particular instance in his waning years when his, his mind was, was giving way, and it was fairly evident that it was. He was at the VA hospital uh, for having some work uh, done there, some medical procedures done there. He didn't fully understand this, and as far as he was concerned, he wanted to be home. So there he was up in the VA, and it was all we could do to keep him there. And on one evening, he decided he wasn't going to stay there anymore. And while no one was looking, he jumped up, hospital gown and all, and headed out of the VA hospital. Made it out the front door, all the way down to US 70, headed down the sidewalk toward McDowell County, because that's where he lived. He got down to where the parkway crosses US 70, and an ambulance rolled up down there from the VA, and a bunch of people jumped out of it and grabbed him, put him back in the ambulance, and hauled him back to the hospital and back in his room. I never will forget what he had to say about that whole incident. He said to us, boys, if they had let me get across that street, they would have never got me. That's what he said. If I could have got across that road, they would have never got me. And man, he said this, they nabbed me right there on the corner. As far as he was concerned, they had took him prisoner right there on that highway and made him go back. And then he made this statement. He said, you know, this just isn't a free country anymore. And what was he saying? He was saying, man, in my past experience, I understood that I lived in a free country. I could, I could come and go as I pleased. I could do what I wanted to do within the bounds of the expectations of the law. But I, I could pretty much do what I wanted to. And this was a, a free country. This was a man who had fought for this country's freedom. And man, in his mind, somehow things had changed somewhere along the way. 
Uh, what used to be free to him was now a, a different experience, and there was some measure of freedom that he had, that he had just lost somewhere along the way. Church, I wonder today, as Christians, if we don't have this same experience sometimes concerning the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. I wonder if we remember sometimes when we first came to know the Lord and the, and the fullness and the joy and the freedom that was so palatable in that moment that you could just taste it. Man, the presence of God that just hung on you like a garment everywhere you went. You didn't have any cares for the things of the world anymore. Your mind was just focused on the things of Jesus Christ. But somehow, with the passage of time, with the circumstances of life, and, and with some experiences you may have, have had along the way, you come to a place to think, man, this thing just isn't what it used to be. Somehow, the freedom and the joy that I used to experience in Christ somehow has diminished in my everyday understanding. Somehow, it slipped from us so far sometimes that we scarcely recognize what it means to be free in Christ, much less have the chance to experience that freedom that is truly ours. Man, in this powerful verse today, in these powerful verses, we're reminded of, of two crucial and I believe wonderful facts that we've got to pay some attention to. Number one, we have to remember the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at these two verses, we have to remember the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ left the portals of glory. He came into this earth, my friend. And make no mistake, He came here with a mission in mind. And that mission was to set you and I free. He left the portals of glory because there were some people down here who were in bondage. And he said, man, I, I can't stand this anymore. I'm going there with one thing in my mind, to set at liberty all those people who are held in bondage. I wrote this down. He wasn't down here meandering around. I have a tendency to do that in my days. I get distracted, and I go from one thing to another to the point where I forget what I was setting out to do in the first place. That wasn't Jesus Christ. He wasn't down here to entertain himself. He wasn't down here checking on creation from a human perspective to see what kind of job he had done. He wasn't down here playing games. I, I love this. He wasn't here playing tiddlywinks or messing around. Beloved, he was here on a mission. And that mission was to set you and I free from all the bondages that we were under before he came. And we do well to remember that he was here on a mission. I'm going to read you a couple of other passages of Scripture just to underscore this. Galatians 4, the previous chapter where he's arguing for the law versus the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. It reads this way, 4 through 7, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. In verse 31 I read in your hearing, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, where you cry, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer servants, but sons and daughters. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, we are not children, he says, of the bondwoman, but children of the free woman. How about John 8, 35? And the servant abideth not in the house forever, it reads, but the son abideth forever. And what a famous passage. If the son, therefore, shall make you free. What does it say? You shall be free indeed to 
the uttermost. That was his mission on this planet. Romans 8, 2 and 3. The law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Beloved, he came to set us free from the law of sin and death. I love Luke chapter 4. These are the words of Jesus Christ himself, a quotation from the Old Testament scriptures. He said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free, set at liberty, all those who are oppressed. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, our passage for the day says this, Christ has made us free, beloved. He has set us at liberty. And we do well to remember that Jesus Christ came here. How many of y'all know he healed folk while he was here? Man, he was a healer. He was that. And let me tell you, if you have a physical malady in your life today, he's the one you need to turn to because his power is still there today to touch you and to bring restoration into your life. Man, he was a great teacher. The prophet said, we've never heard anybody who spoke on this wise as he teaches. We've never heard anyone who speaks with such authority. Man, the Sermon on the Mount, a thing of brilliance and beauty. No speaker anywhere, no preacher anywhere has even approached uh, the, the audacity and the authority and the forthrightness and the ability that Jesus Christ possessed as a teacher. But beloved, he wasn't here to do any of those things primarily. His primary mission was to come and to set men and women free from the bondage of sin that existed in their life. We do well as we consider this passage not to miss the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, we do well to understand the mindset for the Christian. I mentioned all of chapter 4 is arguing that we are free from the law. Chapter 5 verse 1 then challenges us. Paul says, hey, because this argument is true under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he says in chapter 5 verse 1, live that way. He says, because you are not children of the bondwoman anymore, you are children of the free woman anymore, I challenge you to live that way on this planet. Man, it's God's desire. It's God's mindset that his children live in the freedom that he gave his life to purchase on their behalf. What does God expect and want for you today? He wants for you to live in the freedom that Jesus Christ has brought you. Christ has made you free, he says. Live like the free person that you are. Three clear exhortations quickly today concerning our freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the word stand that's in that verse. He says stand. So I'm going to show you three ways we ought to stand in this freedom we have in Jesus Christ today. Number one, we need to learn to stand fully in the freedom that Christ has bought us. You want to live in real freedom today? Learn to stand fully in that freedom that Jesus Christ has bought for you. He says, man, Jesus Christ has made you free. That's not a speculative statement. That's a clear statement. He's saying this is a finished work. This is something that God has accomplished 
on your behalf. This is a reality in your life. Christ has made you free. Absolutely and completely free is the sense there. At boundless liberty. You can put all your weight on it. You can put all your hope in it. You can receive it as a basic fact in your life. We are fully, completely, and absolutely free today. He's saying stand fully in it. I don't know if anybody in here knows there's a, uh, an outlet mall that just opened up on the other side of town. Man, there's been much fanfare for it and, and man, preview nights for it. There's been coupons handed out for it. I, I think uh, my family's been there at least a handful of times looking her over in case they missed something the last time that they were there. Uh, my wife and I went over there together on one occasion, walked all through it. We went into a store at the end that's been there a while. Dillard's, man, everything in there is just cut rate all the time. And we were shopping around. I mean, hey, I was almost overwhelmed at the amount of people in there. And man, the amount of clothes in there. I didn't know there's that many clothes in the world. But when you walk in there, they're on every rack and every corner and every place. And beloved, they're all on sale. How many of y'all can say hallelujah? Hey, hey, they're all on sale, baby. They have signs everywhere. Everything in the store, 60% off. Everything in the store, 60% off. They have these red 60% off signs. And underneath the red 60% off signs, they have signs that read something like this. 60% off the original price. Hey, take another 25 off the lowest ticketed price. I mean, they're giving you a deal and a half. Some say 35, some say, I mean, say 45% off the original price. Now, I'm going to tell you uh, the percentages. I know for some, they're a mathematical conundrum. Uh, percentages are a tough thing to figure out. I was at the register with my wife behind a lady. She had picked up a garment off the 60% off the original price, uh, take an extra 35% off the next price on it, and she laid her garments on the counter. She said, I can't believe I'm fixing to get 95% off of the price of this garment right here. Well, the lady went into a long harangue trying to explain the workings of percentages. I thought to myself, boy, if this is true, I'm going back to that 45% off rack because they're going to have to give me 5% for everything I bring up here off that rack. And so percentages, now, hey, hey, be honest, sometimes they can be a little confusing how they work. And men, retailers take advantage of that confusion in your life. But here's one percentage everybody can understand. Most people do. What does 100% mean? All of it. That's what 100% means. And what he's saying to us today is Christ has not made you 85% free. He's not made you 90% free. He's not made you 95 or even 99.9% free. He's saying Jesus Christ has made you 100% free from everything that ever held you in bondage in your life. Christ has made us free. Church, we need to learn to stand fully and completely in that freedom that Jesus Christ has bought for us. I wrote it down this way. Folks, this is no illusion or equation to be worked out when we arrive at the end of this physical life. But this is a spiritual and an absolute reality of our stand and condition as children of God because of Jesus Christ. We are free today and fully so. And if we're going to live like it, we need to learn to stand on it fully and completely with no reservations. Don't let the enemy put a percentage on your freedom in Jesus Christ today. Don't let him do it. Don't let anybody else put a percentage on your freedom 
in Jesus Christ today. Rest assured, you have it all. There's none held back. There's none in reserve. Today, if you know Him as Lord and Savior, you are free, 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 free to the uttermost today. Second thought I want you to see. Not only do we need to learn to stand fully in our freedom, today if we're going to uh, heed the exhortation of Galatians 5.1, we need to learn to stand fast in our freedom. He says this, Stand fast, therefore, in that liberty that Christ has made you free. Stand fast, therefore. That hearkens to me to a kind of a military command. Uh, stand fast is a military command. When the commander tells you to stand fast, he says, man, stand right where you are. Don't move one inch until I come back and tell you to move again. You just stay right there and, man, enjoy yourself because you're not going to have the freedom to move anywhere. Stand right there. That's what this command means. Stand fast. One way it can be defined is this, and I love this. It says this, to refuse to abandon one's opinion or belief. When you stand fast, you say, I refuse to abandon this opinion or belief in my life. I refuse to allow myself or anybody else to make me question the freedom I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I refuse to let any life circumstance come along and make me question or move from this freedom I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand fully, yes, but we need to learn to, to stand fast. One writer put it this way, and I love this because it's a country kind of terminology. He said one can think of the word stand fast as mean this, hunker down. How many of y'all have ever heard that saying? Man, just hunker Hunker down right where you are. What does that mean? Dig your heels in, and you're not going to be moved anywhere. I saw uh, some of these storms, these tornadoes that have come through uh, the Midwest, uh, just terrible, ravaging storms. I don't know if you saw this, but I saw a video the other day that a guy had taken from his storm bunker. Did y'all see that? He had held his cell phone. There was a sliding door above the storm bunker in his garage. And as the storm was going on, he just cut the recorder on and slipped it up through that hole that he would use to slide the, the door open when the storm was over and just videoed. He didn't know what he was videoing. And man, you got houses flying by. You got debris going everywhere. You got everything coming and going. They asked him, they said, were you scared in those moments? He said, no, I wasn't really scared. He said, no, I didn't want my house to be tore up. And I didn't, but he said, I had my family with me. I had everything that was important with me. And we were down in that storm bunker. And I knew that when the storm storm stopped, we were going to be just fine. What had he done? He had hunkered down. When he saw the storm coming, he ran to the one place that he knew he could stay and be safe. And that was in that storm bunker. Well, see, today, the one place that we know we're safe is in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and the freedom and liberty that brings into us in a real and a mighty way. Man, when the storms of life begin to blow against our lives, the best thing that we can do is fly to that place that we know is real and true. And that truth is that Jesus Christ has set us free from everything that's ever held us in bondage. The, when the accusations of the enemy begin to fly, when the assaults of society begin to come in church, let me tell you, the society is coming for the church of Jesus Christ today. They're coming for us. They're coming for people who are free in Him. And the best thing that we can do when all that stuff happens is not really build the best argument that we can or not really activate the most political body that we can to vote them out. The best thing that we can do is hunker down in the thing that we know that's true. And when the storm passes, we'll be standing there safe and sound. And that truth is that I have been set free by the Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing anyone says or does can move me from that place. He says, learn to stand 
fast in your freedom. Learn to stand fully in it, but beloved, we need to learn to stand fast in the liberty that Jesus Christ bought for us. You need to choose today to make a stand. We need to stand somewhere, and you know where that somewhere needs to be? It needs to be in the realm of the freedom that was purchased for us at the cross of Jesus Christ. If we're going to make a stand, beloved, I want to stand right there. That's where I want to be. The third thought I want to give you today. Not only do we need to learn to stand fully, not only do we need to learn to stand fast if we're going to, uh, man, understand this exhortation and achieve it that Paul is laying uh, to our charge here to live as free men and women, we need to learn also to stand forever. I love that last phrase in Galatians 5.1. It says, don't be entangled again. Don't ever be entangled again with that old, what is that word? Yoke. Bondage. Don't ever go back and put on yourselves that old yoke of bondage again. Don't ever submit to it again. Don't ever go back, man, to the law and its operation in your life. Come back to the place and stand there forever of the freedom that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It indicates a couple of things to me. Number one, the freedom we have in Jesus Christ is not temporal but eternal. Once you come to know him, he sets you free. And beloved, you'll never be in bondage ever again. Secondly, the only way I relinquish that freedom is when I myself decide that I'll do it. It may be that I'm lured into doing it. It may be that I'm convinced to do it. But nevertheless, I have the choice today. He said, listen, this is your choice. Just don't be entangled again by that old yoke of bondage of the law. Let me ask you this in a theological sense today. Put your theological caps on. How many of y'all are glad today that you ain't under the law anymore? Praise be unto God. That ought to make you rejoice today that I am not under the law and its requirement. On the other hand, let me ask you this. How many of y'all are glad today that you exist under grace? How many of y'all are glad for that flip side today that the grace and the mercy of God is the contract that I exist under in relation to my Heavenly Father today? He said, let me tell you, why would you ever decide to try to trade in grace for the law ever again in your life? Don't do it. He was speaking to people who had done this self-same thing right here at Galatia, and he was saying, what are you doing? Don't you understand? that you've been set free from all that why would you turn around and submit yourself to that old yoke of bondage ever again in your life our freedom isn't temporal beloved it's eternal I've got a little beagle dog that stays at my house she's pretty aged and old you can see it on her face and on her head uh, her hair looks a lot like mine does in these days it, it used to be a pretty lemon color. Now it's kind of got a lot of gray mixed in it. She's just a joy. Uh, she wouldn't hurt a flea. She hasn't got any teeth anymore. I mean, she'll bark a lot, but she ain't got any teeth anymore. So if you come up there, you don't need to be afraid of her. Uh, she's just a jewel. Man, we had her in her young days on an invisible fence. Why? Because she ran. She's a beagle dog, man. If a rabbit flew by, she's going to chase it till she fell over. That was just in her nature. So, man, we wanted to keep her at home. So we planted an invisible fence in the yard, all the ground. We put a little uh, shock collar on her. Some people say those are inhumane, but it keeps her home. Uh, it's good that she was a quick study. Didn't take her but one time getting near that, uh, the boundaries of that fence. And she decided she just didn't want to go on the grass greener side anymore. She decided she was going to stay home. 
Well, man, after some time, I was, I was cutting some grass one day and, and severed the line that was, it was down there in the woods laying on top of the ground. I was weed-eating down in there and severed that line. I thought, man, Bailey's collar ain't going to work anymore. Well, I noticed after a couple of days that I hadn't fixed it, she wasn't going anywhere. Why? Because she's very used to the place she was supposed to dwell in. Man, I went and took her collar off. She wasn't going anywhere, man. She's around there all the time. This has been several years she's gone without this collar. I got a text from my dad the other night. It was late. It was about 10 or 10.30. It read this way. Bailey is on my back porch, son. That's what he said. That's what it read. <laughs> Somehow, she had meandered across. Somehow, she had found her way outside her boundaries. And man, when she got out, I, I can't imagine the places that she went and the things that she saw. I, I dove in my little car and drove up there. She was standing in the light on, on Dad's back porch. She looked happier than I'd seen her in, in 15 years. She looked so beside herself. I mean, the tail was wagging. The smile was there. Oh, she was just happy as a lark. Man, I put her in the car, took her back home. You know what I did? Got the collar out and put it back on her baby because I wanted her to know I didn't want her making that a habit and you see what we do sometimes as, as Christians is we begin to experience that freedom that God has for us and we get out there and he begins to bless our lives and he begins to use us and some well meaning person will come along and say God doesn't mean for you to be that free God doesn't mean for you to live that free in the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, the enemy will come by and say, uh, is God really okay with you being that free? Shouldn't you owe something to Him? I mean, hey, you got to work now. Hey, if you belong to Him, you got to work. And what Paul is arguing against here is any kind of thought that has to do with a performance-based kind of righteousness in the Lord Jesus Christ. The kind of righteousness that we have came from the sacrificial death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God. And beloved, the height of that act is so wonderful that he who comes under it is set free, not for a temporal time zone. And one of these days, the collar of the law is going to be put back on. He is set free now. He is set free tomorrow. He is set free the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. And beloved, throughout all eternity, I will be expected experiencing what it means to be a free man by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Man, if we're going to live free on this earth, we've got to learn to stand forever in that freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ has placed on us. He says this, Christ has made you free. Why then, Pastor, do we serve Him? Why? Why bother for that free? Tucked in the latter part of chapter 4 and verse 31, he said, you're not children of bondwoman. You're a child of the king. You're children of the free mother, the kingdom of God. And man, I'm going to tell you, anybody who has been that good to me, and anybody who has set me free in that way, anybody who has taken all my sins, all my shortcomings, all my failures, all my inadequacies, and He set them behind me and separated me from them, let me tell you, I'm not going to run away from someone like that. I'm going to run to someone like that. And it's going to be my life's mission to tell them how much I love them, and how much I thank them, and how much I appreciate what they've done. I always say, man, I don't 
don't preach because I want to go to heaven. I preach because I'm going to heaven. I serve Him not so that I can go to glory. I I serve Him because I am going to be with Him throughout all eternity. He has set us free, beloved, from the weight of the law in our lives. He's done it forever. Don't be entangled again. You're free. Remember the mission of Christ on your behalf. He died for your freedom. He did it. That's why he came. Remember the mindset he has toward his children. He says here in chapter 5, verse 1, through the apostle Paul, hey, you're free. Go live like it. Go live with the joy that brings. Go live with the purpose that brings. Go live with the hope that it brings to be a free person in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, man, learn to stand in it. Learn to live on it. Folks, there are Christians in this room today. They have been set free. Sons made them free, and they're free indeed. They are. Somewhere along the way, they've traded in that freedom. They've placed themselves back under the yoke of bondage. You know the most miserable place a free child can be is under the yoke of bondage. Once again, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And our invitation is going to be this today. Maybe somewhere along the line you traded your freedom. Maybe you sit here today and you say, Pastor, I'm just living in bondage. Man, freedom doesn't describe my experience. It couldn't even come close. I know I gave my heart to the Lord. I know that He lives inside me. I know that He set me free. But man, my experience doesn't dictate that. I'm going to tell you, I don't want you to leave here today in bondage. I'll just tell you this. You don't have to leave here in bondage again. It's your decision whether you'll live like that. You might be here today under oppression. It might be that you're so oppressed of the enemy. It might be that he's against you and on you. Let me tell you something. You don't have to live under that oppression today. It might be here that you're depressed today. Maybe there's a depression in your life. You don't have to carry that weight today. Maybe your fear today owns you. Maybe fear dictates every decision you make and the experience of your life. I'm here to tell you, Christ Jesus died today to set you free from that old fear. Maybe it's your failures. Paul said on another occasion, my sin is ever before me. And maybe the enemy and your old mind is good at casting your failures and your shortcomings. Maybe that frustration that comes with that old sin that's in your life maybe you say pastor it's always on my mind Paul said if you'll walk after the spirit you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh he didn't say that those lusts wouldn't be in your life and that you wouldn't think about those things and that they wouldn't be tempting you and come across your path but he said man I'm going to give you the the power to be able to withstand those things and not fulfill and act on those lusts maybe it's that habitual sin in your life maybe it's undue expectations that someone has put on you or maybe yourself has put on you maybe there's been a false teaching song in your life concerning the law legalism is out there just as it was in Galatia it's alive and well today if you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't cut your hair this way and you don't live like this then man you're not pleasing to the Lord somehow whatever it is that's got you in bondage maybe it's that tragic experience maybe it's that thing that happened in your life that you just you just can't get by maybe today it's that pressing circumstance maybe it's that thing in front of you that you look at it and go man this has got all my attention it's got my every thought it's keeping me up at night and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it let me tell you your father died so that you don't have to be in bondage to those old things in your life I'm going to ask you just quickly in the time that we have 
We're going to say a prayer of freedom on this Memorial Day. We remember those who served our country and served our families and paid the ultimate price. But today we come remembering the one who paid the, the highest price. The price for our sin and failure. So that we might be free today. If you come to this altar, I'm going to pray a prayer of freedom. In the Lord Jesus Christ over you. If you'd like to be a part of this, you know me. I do not tarry long. Amen. I see that coming. Anybody else that would like to come? I don't tarry long. I believe if the Holy Spirit is leading you to come, you just need to get up and come. If he's not, then you don't. If he is, just make your way down here. We have several coming this way. Adam, some of the deacons, I'm going to ask you to come. If you feel led of the Lord to move to any one of these people, just come. Lay your hands on them. Begin to pray over them, for them. I see you coming, dear sister. Anybody else that would like to come? We're just going to pray. Listen, don't leave here today under the yoke of bondage in your life. There is no need in that. It's absolutely silly and useless to carry it. Absolutely silly. Anybody else? I'm just going to tell you just another second. If you need to move, you move. Amen. Let's pray here together. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you for the truth of this statement, that brief statement, Christ has made us free. Thank you today that we are not children of the law any longer, but we're children of freedom and mercy and grace by way of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for this entire congregation today. If there's one ounce of bondage in anybody's life, I pray that as they go this week, the words of the Scripture would come to their mind. Not the words of this preacher, but the words of the, of the Scriptures, the God-breathed Scriptures. I pray they would come to their mind and they would apply them to their hearts through the Holy Spirit's leadership and that they would receive and live in that freedom that they have. Lord, for these who have come today, whatever the issue is, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that that bondage and that yoke would be broken. Oh, by the rich royal power of His blood, Lord, we release the freedom that comes uh, through that, that, that Holy Ghost experience that He bought for us. Lord, the Word says in the presence of the Spirit, there is great freedom and liberty. So, Lord, I pray for that experience in their life today. I pray for that reality to, to permeate them and bleed into their hearts, their minds, and their spirits and be solidified by your grace and your mercy today. Lord, we thank you today for the opportunity we have in Jesus not to have to carry the weight any longer, but to be free and to be free indeed. We praise you today and we thank you. We remember what it is that you did for us to buy our freedom. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his glory alone. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.